Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm Andrew. And this is Josh. We will be chatting about movies from March 1st through 7th, eventually. March! We made it. Andrew's almost. back. Andrew's back. Yeah, yeah this I'm not is sick the, anymore. I was excited for Andrew, and then I forgot that it's almost March, which makes me think winter might be close to almost close to maybe. So no, I don't know. No. It's so cold. I outside. never finished my sentence. You don't know what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. no, what, what, you knew what I was going to no. say. It was, you knew. Winter sucks. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. The, yeah. the wind chill is the worst. Eric Ubered past me today. <laughs> it was good. I waved at him. I was and, too cold to wave. He was too cool to wave. Literally cold. He was yeah. freezing. So, but I still felt good in the warm Uber and not seeing Josh for another few hours. I thought it was over a week ago or so. It was a really nice day, and I was like, oh, maybe we can put the marquee back up again <laughs> and then the next day we got hit with the crazy storm and ice everywhere yeah, that ice man That's, yeah. that'll get you every time it's the unfortunate thing 99% of people even on social media were very nice about stay safe and oh we understand don't die but there's always that <laughs> one person sweat. who's like what do you mean you're afraid of your safety and can't change the marquee yeah that inconveniences me in the tiniest of manner I, I don't have that extra 30 seconds to check my phone or the intranet <laughs> or look at the poster on the sidewalk or whatever or walk in if but I'm man the it. ice was something it's still insane yeah like, I, I, I've, I don't there was, know if I've ever seen it like there was this. like a convoy of trucks outside my house for, to pick you up and bring you <laughs> yeah, to work think, <laughs> they're yeah. like we gotta get him in to there for the sure podcast to work on time. Yeah. it's like Lee's really doing overkill on this <laughs> like send five trucks we lost power briefly a few days ago. Oh, because of the squirrel? Sadly, okay. it was because of a squirrel. Uh, he really took no, the no, intensity out of that. <laughs> no news report on the squirrel's survival happening, <laughs> That's but uh, I don't think he made it, probably. Like, a squirrel landed on the power line, and perhaps it exploded? Yeah, I. And but then I was told that squirrels are responsible for 85% of power outages on the planet. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like, the problems of mankind. <laughs> that like, too. Mostly squirrels, honestly. Some chipmunks, mostly squirrels. Squirrels were, uh, they got Trump elected. Man, we should have put that R.I.P. squirrel on the marquee at least. Like, <laughs> I mean, poor guy. He was just trying to see, you know, Capernaum or whatever. I don't know. But don't Lee know. called me and he's like, can you go in because they might have to get into the cinema to, you know, check some things. Oh, and, what time? Was that like early? No, it worked out fairly well because also by happenstance, I was filling in for Anya, poor old Anya. <laughs> sick Anya. Was sick. Instead of sick Andrew. It's yeah. like, there's always someone. Sick somebody. I got here at 1.30 instead of 2.45, but on my walk here, they fixed it. But I had assumed it might have been ice related because yeah. sometimes you'll see these giant icicles hanging off power lines. Mm -hmm. And sometimes one of those will go and a neighborhood will go out. Yeah, even we had that a couple weeks ago. There was It was like literally four or five feet long on yes. the power line and i was like maybe we should look into this and like <laughs> Lee, we had obviously got a professional it wasn't like uh we're like hey matt can you go uh check yeah. the alleyway but no it was uh it, it was taken care of so i don't know what the process is with that but i was like shoveling underneath it feeling like very final destination -y. i'm like this is how i would die i just know more complicated than that you, you'd like trip on something and the squirrel, squirrel lands yeah. on me like it's, it's, it's always something well, the worst is when there's a lineup in the summer is not too bad, but when it's minus 40 outside, Oof. people turn animalistic. You've got 100 people trying to shove into our non-existent, yeah. what do you call it, box office lobby? Yeah, lobby at? Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> then I'll go out and put up the, uh, the velvet rope so people can get out the Which exit. Which should be electric. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> people are like, the amount of people who've tripped <laughs> on it. People kept on asking, when do you think the lineup will start? And I had thought... 
it might start late because it was so cold. I yeah. thought people you know, and it's like, wow, you guys really want that couch. That was brutal. Like, guys- I even I got here at like six forty probably, and the line like I didn't look too far at the lineup because I kind of felt bad for them, but I did feel good. Like I'm like I'm gonna walk right in because that's what I can do. But it's still I was like, you guys are dedicated. Like yeah, that, that is amazing. And it's always a weird bunch, and I don't feel I don't I don't have a qualm about talking about it on the podcast because I'm theorized. They're not somebody who comes to the Mayfair. They likely don't listen to the podcast either. <laughs> and here we go. <laughs> Is this people only come to the Oscars? Yeah, it's just... And there was all kinds of lovely folks who at the end of the night thanked us and were very nice all night long. But it's a weird anomaly that I would say upwards of 90, 95% of the 250 people there... Mm-hmm. 300 people there don't come here yeah at all <laughs> so we're getting kids we haven't seen in years <laughs> yeah so it's it's very strange and then one woman came up to buy a membership the day of okay because the trick is that it's members only but of course you just have to buy a membership to get in but to them it's a ticket but to them it's a ticket they yeah. don't realize that they're kind of wasting their money it's, so it's like you're buying a 12 dollar membership that pays for itself after three visits yeah and you know, or, and or you're like, just using it to get entry to the Oscars. You're yeah. not getting the value out of it. Yeah, and, and even you, one cinema, even like you know, just just come to come again once. Yeah. you know, come yeah. on. and even slightly more higher ticket price stuff like Rocky Horror or Greg Sestero visiting. Yeah, you say maybe even like a dollar more or oh, something. I, th- I had that a phone call about that yesterday. A guy was like, "So is it sixteen dollars for the whole day of events?" And I was <laughs> no. like, uh, "Let me double check that." And I'm looking at the thing, and I was <laughs> yes, like, "Yes, it is." Yeah, yeah. I've thought about because I was like, oh, "I'm trying to." Cr-. I hadn't looked at the numbers. I was like yeah. trying to crunch it in my head, and then I looked, and I was like, "Okay, it's sixteen per show, but you honestly might as well buy a membership because like oh, yeah. if you're a big fan of his." And, you know, if you go to those three events, like Best Friends 1, 2, and The Room, bam, you just, like, literally saved, you paid for your membership plus a dollar or whatever. Well, I just think if you were going to see Greg and Tommy at a different type of venue, you would be paying 20, 40 bucks for an autograph. Oh, yeah, at least. So here, you're paying whatever it is. And the paperwork of that, the, the red tape of that, is just, that's, you know, Greg lives in Los Angeles. Yeah. And so we are covering Greg getting a round trip flight and he's yeah. staying in a hotel and you know all that kind of stuff so it's and he's doing it for nothing really yeah, so yeah. it's one of those things where if you like Greg and want to support Greg you're helping the whole system out by coming to the movie for sure because that extra money is going to Greg yeah and you know buy a book buy a DVD off him because people keep on asking can we get a photo with Greg I just reply that the best time to do it is after a late show when he's in the washroom. When he's in the washroom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Corner him on his way Yeah, that's the best time. Because between movies, we only have whatever, half hour. Yeah. And the same frustration we get when we tell people, please don't come into the theater yet, and then people come in, you know. <laughs> yeah. We tell people, if you're staying for, say, room one or room two, or you're staying for room two, or not room, sorry. It, uh, it's my best it's all the same thing, does. Yeah. We're like, okay, Greg, movie one, Greg, <laughs> yeah. movie two. If you're staying for, say, Best Friends Volume 2 and The Room on Saturday night, you'll have more chance after mm-hmm. the Late Late Show because in between Volume 2 and The Room, we have to start a movie still. So we'll tell people, please only get in line if you're leaving because then you can get your autograph and go home. Mm-hmm. And inevitably, I'll be... And I'm the least imposing guy possible <laughs> in line going, are you staying for the next one? Yes. He's like, yes, that's what <laughs> that confusing. Like, yeah, come on. Like, and so there's always that frustration. But Greg is great. Greg will autograph forever. It seems that when we have guests like, you know, Greg or Crispin Glover or whoever, that 
they'll autograph till dawn. So yeah. it's like bad news for the manager on hand. Yeah, but, true. <laughs> but yeah, like you will get your autograph. You'll get your picture. You'll end up alone with Chris McGlover at yeah. 1 a.m. <laughs> You're like, yeah. okay. You don't have to worry about getting your football autographed or whatever. But yeah. Oh, I should bring in my Denver Broncos football that I'm autographing. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not even a big room guy, but this is funny. Yeah, like, Denver I'm, I'm, Broncos. Yeah, I'm not going to do that, but oh man, <laughs> I should do that now. I've, I've planted the seed. And we are going to do a podcast with Greg. I swapped, I just, I call everything text, but it was Facebook or whatever. But yeah. I swapped text with Greg and was like, do you want to do a podcast while you're here? And he's like, yeah, sure. So we're going to do it one of the nights. I'm thinking Saturday night. Just yeah. kind of multitask it because he's here for everything. He, if you're coming to see Greg, he's introducing everything. Yeah. And we'll be hanging out, selling his wares and doing whatever. <laughs> It'd be great if we had him introduce like a Star is Born or something. He's like, yeah, I don't really know what before. I'm doing up here, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I kind of look like Bradley Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> he's a cinemaphile. So I think he could introduce in, like anything, yeah. He's so like, well, not in a bad way, but I was going to say he's way more Hollywood now in the last couple of years, you know, just due to a disaster artist and best friends and like being around. For research purposes, it's from a couple of months ago. It was from August or September. I just listened to, he did Macaulay Culkin's podcast. Oh, cool. Yeah, you were mentioning Macaulay Culkin has a podcast? Macaulay Culkin has a podcast. I know this because he was on Conan plugging it like a year ago and it's called Bunny Ears. Okay. And it's just Macaulay and a couple of his... Middle-aged hipster artsy cronies. Yeah. yeah. And there's a couple more I want to listen to because he had special guests. But this one is especially interesting if you've seen Greg here before or I think even watched that little documentary that he screens Mm -hmm. for An Evening Inside the Room. So if you've seen Evening Inside the Room, I think in that documentary they talk about when Greg was a kid, I forget how old the math works out for this, he loved Home Alone. Okay. But he was a little older. Like he would say like 14 when Macaulay Culkin would have been 10 or whatever. Yeah. So... As ambitious young teenagers with delusions of grandeur do, he wrote a script for Home Alone 3, (laughs) where he, as the kind of babysitter, slightly older character, they go to Disney World with Macaulay Culkin's family. Okay. And the bandits are there inexplicably. <laughs> okay. Dressed as Disney. Goofy and like yeah. Donald or something like No, they're gonna but rob Disney World. The well, crazy thing is that he sent it to John Hughes, and John Hughes sent back a legit reply on the used production letterhead okay. with like a signature saying thanks so much for the script we can't really use it but keep writing it I was very like, he did script notes and stuff oh, yeah, yeah. as well because that would be incredible he's like we can't use it but here's this anyway yeah but I think that's so cool of John Hughes that he took a minute to reply to a kid and yeah. say hey keep writing we're not going to do this but good luck with the room and in uh, 15 Culkin years said that sounds very much like something John Hughes would do so then this is what I'm going to ask Greg about they were talking about doing in LA do one of those live script readings okay where oh, man. Greg and McCully are in it and then get oh that's a good idea get like Tommy to play somebody see if they could get somebody you know from the I, cast I, I doubt Joe Pesci would do it but uh, you know maybe somebody <laughs> else could, we did that know. Google commercial did you see that I did not see that. I know of it. It's yeah. a commercial where he's watching Home Alone. Yeah. But it's it's not Home Alone. It's it's like older Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone. Like right. Like doing oh, Home Alone. I gotta watch that. Yeah. It's on YouTube, I'm well, sure. And he yeah. also did that Pepsi commercial where he lent his voice with the little girl doing the whatever. Oh, yeah. Whatever. And the Snickers commercial. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, I mean, I'm not saying Pesci doesn't have standards, but yeah. <laughs> it's like, if I were him, I would for sure do that. Like, that'd be fun. But this sounds like something that could fly because Macaulay Culkin's the kind of guy who it worked out very well for him that Mm -hmm. at a certain age he went oh Hollywood's horrible yeah but he didn't 
get into kind of sex, drugs, rock and roll. Except in that movie, Party Monster. But yeah. that was just a role, so. He now kind of does little parts in his friends' movies. Like, I know Seth Green's directing a movie he's going to be in coming up. Mm. And he'll show up on Robot Chicken, or he'll... He went know, on the Red Letter Media yeah. sh- uh, show there on YouTube. Yeah, so he's obviously, like, a huge geek, like, film geek, you know. As... Yeah, and he's or kind he's of... retired. He can do whatever he wants. He's yeah. got money, and he doesn't have to work. At yeah, the age of, like... <laughs> he's fine. I don't know if he's even 40 yet, but at the age... He's, like... Mid thirties, yeah, to late late thirties, maybe. And so, like for the past fifteen years, he's been essentially retired, doing whatever he wants. Yeah. And every once in a while, does a Google commercial that probably gets him a nice chunk of money. And yeah. There you go. You know? he must have like advertisers too for like you know either his Twitter feed or his podcast or whatever. Yeah. Know, like well, and you think Home Alone, even in this age of streaming and everything, mm-hmm. and the death of video stores, Home Alone is screened on traditional TV channels every year yeah forever all over the world it's true so like say NBC screens it but also without the Trump cameo in the second yeah. one we're like well we, we don't like that as much but I think it's something that could go this live script reading because especially with Mark Hamill did one recently with somebody but he played the emperor and huh. um who is it and, and it was really cool like a whole bunch of other cool people played Luke and Han and everything mm-hmm. yeah so it, it's kind of a trend of get a bunch of cool people to do a live script reading yeah so yeah, so I want to ask him about that, see if there's any been connection about that. And it's it's funny too because I guarantee his script for Home Alone Three was probably better than the actual Home Alone Three that they made. Yeah, there's like five or six Home Alone. There's a Home Alone Home Alone Four. Yeah, and Is there may have, I think there's a yeah. five because there's a different there's at least three, three different video. kids. Yeah, three was theatrical. Because yeah. I remember the standee at like yeah. the multiplex, but it wasn't Culkin, obviously. No, like I can't. They remember. replaced him. They were like, "You're too old." And I think he was like, "That was everyone else was just one-offs," you know, like like Alex D. Lintz, maybe possibly what? was in one of them. Well, that was in yeah. the era of the real booming era of right before video stores died. <laughs> They made a ton of straight-to-video yeah. movies. French Stewart thrived in those roles. <laughs> yeah, like it was Inspector it, Gadget too. Yeah, Inspector Gadget. Yeah, Home Alone Four. There was a Honey Honey I Shrunk straight-to-video oh, movie. All those animated movies from Disney. Honey, I Hate Myself. Is yeah, basically <laughs> called. You're like, God, why is this happening? And now, like those movies are still out there, but I guess they're kind of more like just streaming movies. That they don't really yeah. have a cool name, like straight to video or yeah, and it, yeah and it, like and I suppose a lot of that gets relegated to like you know ABC family or whatever you know like that they, yeah. can, they can run that crap but well you know apologies to whoever is a big fans of those direct to video things you see stuff like despite say Bruce Willis being in a movie like Glass recently like a big mainstream movie yeah every once in a while you'll be you know looking at Netflix or whatever and you're like what straight, it's, straight it's an action Netflix. movie you've never heard of with Bruce Willis yeah. And he's in it for five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And Travolta. But he's on, as he's well. on the cover. Yeah. But you watch the movie and, like, he's not the lead. He's in it for, like, you know, because he was probably on the set for a day. Yeah. yeah I love got, that. Got, got his paycheck. paycheck. That <laughs> stuff is hilarious. I mean, even back in, like, 70s, 80s horror and stuff, when you're getting a name, you know, who's, who's like, near the end of their career kind of thing. And then you, you watch, I mean, oh man, you've seen hundreds probably like that. Where you're like, oh, wow, David Carradine or whoever. Like, I don't. Not a, yeah. not a great shout-out, I guess, but, you know, where you're like, oh, this name person probably is the star. You're like, nope, nope, they are quite well, that, dead, no. That's essentially what Batman 66 was. And it might have been the first time this happened, because there was really a line in the sand of TV and film up until very recently, mm-hmm. where it was like, you can't be a TV star and a movie star, whereas now you have 
Meryl Streep doing something on TV or well, and Mahershala Ali is probably going to win Best Actor exactly. Golden Globe. Yeah, and, and and actually that's something I found interesting. Is that how you pronounce his name? I don't. Yeah, Mahershala. I found out okay. the night before the Oscars because I knew I might have to say it. And ah. I was like, why? Yeah, why did I think it was Mahershala? But anyway, yeah, was like it Bill so, Mar. My, my Bill, yeah, well, <laughs> Bill Mahershala. Bill, Bill Mar is a whole other thing. We don't <laughs> we don't have time for him. But yeah, McConaughey won Best Actor. I I don't know if it was the same night, but it was like the same week. The finale of True Detective season one, yeah. which he got the Golden Globe for. And then Mahershala Ali won the Best Actor the same night that season three finished. And wow. very likely is going to get Best Actor because he is, that was excellent. Like, I know we don't talk about TV in here, but yeah. But he won an Oscar, but so no, I'm trying to It's make very interesting how now actors can go back and forth, or filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Like, Scorsese will do a miniseries. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, Soderbergh, know, I think, has done a couple. Whereas before, like, a film director... I think was really up on a pedestal compared to a TV director. Yeah. But now it can kind of go back and forth, especially with producing. Or like Jordan Peele, I believe he's directing the first episode of The New Twilight Zone. Most likely, yeah. So you got that, like a guy who just won an Oscar. Yeah. Then hopping over to TV before his next film comes out. So And, and almost won an Oscar as well for producing yeah. Black Klansman. So, yeah, mean, two years in a row as a nominee. So. Yeah, that would have been an insane two-year run. Like, oh my God. I didn't look into it. Andrew might know more about this, but there's a conspiracy theory that Spielberg made Green Book win because he's like an old man in a rocking chair saying, Netflix, get off my lawn. Yeah. And he wanted an American film, American theatrical film to win. Okay. And so he went to all of his friends and said, hey, everybody vote for Green Book. And that skewed it just enough Probably to, to be I see like, that happening. like say that made Green Book get you know whatever he got thanked. And I like Spielberg, and the more Spielberg does interviews present day, yeah, I get pissed off at Spielberg. That's true. The, the more <laughs> like, old manish he gets, the more upsetting it is. Yeah, and really, I haven't seen like what, well, it's just I haven't it's, seen anything. Recently. It's really the Netflix thing, and on paper, it's a, a nice debatable argument where it's if it's on Netflix, it should be up for Emmys, not for film or not for Oscars. Yeah. But the problem is, the Oscars has a rule, and I forget what it is, but it's like, if you're in a theater for two weeks and you've been in four film festivals, you count as a theatrical movie. Is it like premiere or something? And so all these movies that are winning Oscars that are then Netflix or Amazon, they're following that rule, whether it be The Big Sick or I think there was a O.J. Simpson documentary a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. so good. You know, it's really good, yeah. yeah. So they're following the rules. So until the Oscars says, your movie has to be in in cinemas for... And I'm a guy who owns a cinema saying this, <laughs> you know? But it just... Like it, you would know. <laughs> because so many movies are only in cinemas for a week. Yeah. And nobody sees them. So if Netflix is going to produce movies that the big studios aren't, Good for them for going that extra mile to put them in cinemas. Right. And if they didn't put them in a cinema, then they wouldn't qualify for an Oscar. So I don't know what his argument is. Yeah, same with, like, Other Side of the Wind. It's like, we had to wait God knows how many years, you know, to see that at all. And then you're Mm -hmm. like, okay, Netflix stepped up, made that happen. And, you know, so that's great. Like, it's, it's so, so what's like, what's the, why is anyone an enemy of anyone, you know? Like, it's like, yeah. we all love film. Who cares how something gets somewhere, you know? Yeah, but I think people might feel that Netflix has an unfair advantage because everyone has Netflix. Yeah. So. And it's kind of it's like. The, anyone could just sit at home and watch it. They don't mm-hmm. have to go to the theater. It's true. Or they just wait so for that it gives to come them, to Netflix. Yeah, they, that gives them a bit of an edge. And it is bunny hopping a bit of the. Like, you don't even need a screener. It's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. But the argument is, we sh- we screened 
Roma for a couple weeks and did well with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's not like it didn't have... And there's something like Roma made more at the box office than three of the other Best Picture nominees. Yeah, that's So there's that shocking. argument as well, where you're like, well, it made more money in movie theaters <laughs> well, than... And that's also a theatrical movie. Like, I mean, oh, I, God, I, did, I haven't yeah. seen the whole thing, but, like, just in terms of scope, uh, you know, like, that's not... A lot of people have sort of said, like, there's something lost watching that at home on Netflix. For sure. Via a big scope, you know? Like, yeah. And then it comes down to, in six or eight months from now, the Netflix-produced Martin Scorsese movie is going to okay. come out. And so you're like, well, that's kind yeah, of... Yeah, and, and I, you know, if we can get that, we're getting that. You know? Oh, I'm Obviously, sure we will. Like, I mean, how do you yeah. not, with that much just caliber of talent involved, like... Yeah, so it's like, I, I understand, you know, people fear change. And I could see old Spielberg being like... But then it's like, he let his movies go out on VHS. Yeah. You know, so it's just weird. It's weird. That whole thing is strange. And also, like, is he going to be like, yeah, Martin Scorsese's movie shouldn't be up for wars. He's <laughs> yeah. like, uh, Steven. Uh. And, and I already know they're doing that. Like, say it's going to be theatrical November 1st and on Netflix December 1st or something. Sure. So all the cinema fans who love Scorsese are going to want to see a big screen. Oh, yeah. You know, so, yeah, it's just, it's an interesting thing. But it's, I don't think it's going to come to anything because when you have these big time filmmakers being produced by Amazon and Netflix and whoever, mm -hmm. I, it's just more good movies being made. Yeah. You know, is more money being thrown around. And I mean, we've sort of discussed that before too, where it's like, you know, if someone's going to give you creative control and a decent, but not insane budget to, to make what you want, yeah. then, you know, kind of who cares? Cause it's like where you, you know, universal, for example, you know, you're not, you're not giving, you know, so-and-so this amount of money because it's not, you know, checks and balances and all this stuff. And, and it's, so it's it, for me it's just I, I love it's a little, a little bit like uh, like music being able to now people can make music in their homes and that just did not happen back in the day yeah. and so to be able to give that control back to filmmakers like a Jordan Peele you know getting four million or whatever it was to make Get Out it, like that that's incredible and it's great for us running a theater and it's great for people who love movies well it's like the argument I know there was an argument of no it has to be film. <laughs> like there was an argument a few years back maybe 10 years well, like back like at film stock exactly like, where they're like you can't be up for certain awards unless you're on film <laughs> that, that's a total Spielberg sounding probably thing as well. but then <laughs> you had the problem where then you had David Fincher and Steven Sonnenberg shooting on video and you're like oh well never mind you know more and more movies are, are filming you know on cell phones or something yeah. you know so it's yeah I, I don't think it's going to come to anything I think it's just more and more it's like it's same thing happened with TV Funnily enough, where TV was like, the big networks were like, no, Netflix doesn't count as TV. They can be up for internet awards, but not for... <laughs> so poor old Netflix has already gone through this once. Yeah, because you know? I, I do kind of consider Netflix to kind of to be TV, but that's I just because yeah. I watch it on TV and yeah. I watch a lot of TV shows on it. But, you know, it's just it's just a, you know, it's a vehicle for, for entertainment, I guess. Yeah, you're watching at home. Yeah. But so I, I don't know I, I guess I, I think I, I don't like the dinosaur aspect of like I don't want change you know like if, not to say everyone's like that but <laughs> I, I get really like snippy at Spielberg because then I just imagine I want to say back from the director of BFG and the producer of five Transformers movies never, RBG it's like no 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 not RBG no, that no, was a good the, one yeah <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I think, and, and the funny thing too is about the 35 millimeter. It's like, then the studios stop using it. Yeah. So it's like, well, okay, I guess that's not a rule anymore. Yeah. You're like, well, if it's that easy, then why are you doing, why are you being a stickler? Yeah, yeah. So the awards were, my favorite thing is the pizza comes, 
We always get free pizza from our friends at Panago. So good. And it's like you're announcing Oprah style that everyone's getting a car. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're it so really excited. Is. So we did that. We uh, gave a bunch of prizes, and it kind of ended on time. It didn't seem to end too late. Yeah, yeah. it seemed fun. Like, I actually thought it was going to keep going. Then I'm, I'm, like, counting up the awards, and I was like, well, I think there's only, like, a couple left. And yeah. I thought, Melissa thought we were going to go till like, 1 o'clock. And the final tally was low. It was a three-way tie with 19 points. Yeah, and almost a two-way tie. You yeah, said it, it came, literally came down to the final award. Yeah, it would have been a two-way tie <laughs> if Green Book had not have won. So it came down to Steven Spielberg's vote. Spielberg. That, that won that person, <laughs> yeah. the, the part of the prize. But that's low, because in the past, we've had people get 23. Wow. Yeah. Well, it was weird. There were some odd, like, there were ones that I, I, that weren't, like, undeserved, but, like, I, there were a lot of kind of surprises. Oh, uh, yeah, and I, I'm i a big fan of Olivia Coleman mm-hmm. and yeah, a really close. Her, I liked her speech. But yeah, she was agreed. a great speech, and she was just a true upset, because I think everybody was <laughs> like, no, poor old Glenn Close yeah. needs one. Shoe in or whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and, and same with Sam Elliott to a point, like, not that anyone had him ranked first, but just I really thought there was a chance he might get a, like, Ah, here you go. You For know, sure. <laughs> you've been yeah. around long enough. The old timer vote. Yeah, he'll get the lifetime achievement at the very least. Yeah, so that's something. Yeah, so we've already kind of chatted about Greg visiting. So just so we can reiterate that, it's Best Friends, Best Friends Volume Two, and The Room are screening on March first, second, third, and on the third, a thing that Greg does called an evening inside the room, which is kind of like a laid back live event, but super fun. He kind of pulls people from the crowd and does script readings. Shows a short, does a Q&A. Greg's very good with the crowd. He's, you know, he's a pro. This <laughs> yeah, is what he, he has does. to be at this point. But it's a weird week for us. So that's that eats up our weekend, essentially. Yeah. And then later in the week, we have the Ottawa Film Society in on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night. So that's why you might notice a lot of matinees, mm-hmm. if you're listening to this in a timely manner. But we do have three Oscar-related films. A Star is Born, back for a second week. Vice, back for a third week, just for a couple screenings each. And then, for a first time here, Cold War, which was up for three awards, which goes under the 90 minutes or less rule. So I'm going to love it. <laughs> yeah, like not like every other two and a half hour movie. Bohemian Rhapsody and Vice and Star is Born and I think Capernaum, like they're all over two hours. And, and speaking of, A Star is Born is 11 minutes longer, but it's not a, not a gratuitous thing in the sense of them just slapping. This is it's an like actual Bradley Cooper director's cut. And I read about it, and I think it's essentially just more music, okay. where they wanted to trim it down. So I think it maybe has, like, just more live yeah. stuff. That so it's more part of this. Clay. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> you can never have enough of that. So it's part, it's in the movie, though. It's not like an after. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's okay. in the movie. But the, actually, we get to, I, I haven't done it yet, because I didn't want to confuse people <laughs> while we have the normal cut. Yeah. But Warner Brothers is actually putting out press for this, saying that, Ooh. you know, for a limited time, catch Bradley Cooper's original vision or whatever. So, yeah. Original vision. Man, that's cool that like we got it. Like Very I'm almost cool. surprised yeah. but happy. Yeah, Lee sent out an email to us and was like, Oh, here's a press release. Warner Brothers is sending us a new DCP. Oh, wow. So yes. So I think hopefully we're only screening it on a Sunday afternoon and Monday night, but even if there's a Star is born super fans out there who want to see it on the big screen, yeah. it's a good excuse to come see it on the big screen because you'll get to see some more music out of it. Yeah. And I was working two or three times when we were screening A Star is Born, mm-hmm. and there's a part where, the song that won the Oscar, <laughs> yeah. and there's a part where Lady Gaga really gagas it up, like just really hits. Full Gaga. And it's just goosebumps. Like yeah. it's, it's a really powerful moment. For sure. And 
it's so funny how many people coming to the box office were saying one for Lady Gaga. <laughs> so she's the one drawing people yeah, in. Lady Gaga, the motion picture. And it wasn't just teenagers, like older folks, uh, seniors coming in, one for Lady Gaga. And I'm like, yeah. why do you know Lady Gaga? <laughs> Some people legit thought it was a biopic. They were, I, of I, Lady Gaga? Yeah, like I had oh, read people yeah. like halfway Bradley through Cooper. the movie, like yeah. leaning <laughs> to their friend, are like, when does she become Lady Gaga? That's hilarious. And it's not that weird of a like I mean I'm a little surprised but especially because it's been remade like several times but yeah kind of makes sense because she's playing Lady Gaga she's yeah. you know rags to riches I haven't seen the movie but like yeah. from what I can tell it's not that dissimilar hasn't it happened before people playing themselves like, yeah like I, Eminem and uh, 50 Cent the Beatles yeah the Beatles like except this is the most obvious one but yeah. no yeah yeah and it's funny because around the same time Vox Lux was out which was a very Lady Gaga-esque character. And even some of the songs aren't that yeah. dissimilar, you know? Like, having listened to both, I was kind of like, yeah. yeah, these are pretty good pop tunes. I guess they seem to know what they're doing. But yeah, so I'm, I'm coming to see A Star Is Born. On, uh, extend cut? On the extended cut, yeah. <laughs> and actually, tomorrow, I'm coming. I'm catching up now, because I worked I worked this blur of, like, 11 <laughs> oh, days in a row. <laughs> yeah. But then tomorrow night, I'm watching Queen, or I keep on calling it Queen, Bohemian <laughs> Rhapsody and Vice. One for Queen the movie, please. Queen the movie. But yeah, so catching up on all the Oscar movies. So and it's been kind of fun uh, to to listen to the music movies. Yeah, which sounds odd because you know we don't get to watch while we're working, but like it's kind of cool when it's when it's a foreign film. You're like, all right, I don't really know what's going on unless yeah. there's gunshots <laughs> or crying. And then when there's music, you're like, this is especially for the the Queen movie, as I believe it's called. Yes, because you're like, oh yeah, that's a good tune. Oh, that's a good tune. Yeah, oh, that's they a just good have tune. the Queen music. In. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's actually been a real treat working here and listening to it. So yeah. <laughs> maybe someday you guys will let me watch a movie. Never. Too. <laughs> okay, so let's wrap this up. As we said, come visit us soon to see Greg. Don't mm-hmm. miss that. Go visit our friends at House of Target across the street. You can find us online at MayfairTheater.ca. We are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, of course. I hope they don't make any more social media because it's no, so no. hard keeping up on all this social media. It's already too much. Yeah. We, we have so much as it is. I have Slack and I keep forgetting it's a thing. I don't even know. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't help like people trying to find movie things. Anya but. tried to do one for a while for Snapchat and I was such an old man. I was like, you could do it. I'm not doing it. No, <laughs> well, like, that's how I felt about Instagram at first. Like when that yeah. came, like I see the point of it, but just, yeah, there's too many things. Too many things. We, we don't have time for you, that. You don't either. need social media. Just come watch movies. That's yeah. all you need. Yeah. Seriously. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon the Mayfair to watch more movies. I'm going to go and not work for a week and a half now. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm still here for another four days. Why are you going to bring that <laughs> up? Ah, sucker. Boo! Bye, everybody. Bye. Oh, this has gone so well. Of all the familiar sounds of Christmas, surely this one is the most beloved. Home Alone 2. Lost in New York. My family's in Florida and I'm in New York. Funnily enough, we never lose our luggage. (laughs) (laughs) Once again, the family that loves staying together. Can I help you? Reservation for McAllister? Couldn't be further apart. He's in New York. This is a vacation. Only two things could ruin this vacation. And they just hit town. Hiya, pal. Yes. Stop that child! Back in! Where'd he go? I'm up here. Come and get me. You better 
Merry Christmas! Oh! 